With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. All right, cut the music. almost don't know what to do here anymore. We've been gone for a while, but we are here. We are back. It's Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino, and it is the Gridiron Stud Show, 10 a.m. And it is Friday. It is February 27th. These are the dark ages of the sporting world right now. Not a whole lot going on, Emil. And uh, as a result, we are having long discussions on uh, social media about a dress. Is it black and blue? Is it gold and white? And uh, you know why I think this is so fascinating, Emil? I think it's just, it shows us a lot about human nature and where we are right now. Clearly, I see it as, and it's funny because, you know, it's good to have you and I on here talking about the uh, dress because you see gold and white. I clearly see black and blue. And um, I've seen people arguing <laughs> arguing about the color of the dress. Man, you see what you see. Chad, I don't and see color. Last, last time I saw you, I, I thought you were white. Is that what it is? Well, that'll go over well uh, with the folks out there that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to cause me a problem. But thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that today. Um, yeah, I, you showed me his dress thing, and I saw it on the uh, pop up on, you know, Yahoo or something, and I didn't click on it, and then you alerted me to it, and then my first question to you is, why do we even care? I think we care because it's fascinating that you and I will see it at the same place at the same time. You see gold and white clearly, I'm presuming, right? No chance clearly. of black and blue. No, no chance of black and blue. You see gold and white. I look at it clearly, Black and blue, not a chance of gold or white anywhere when I'm looking at this thing. And I think we are fascinated by that. My son, my youngest one, Marco, showed it to my wife, and Carmen clearly said gold and white. Now, Marco sees black and blue, and this debate went on at Chipotle last night uh, to the point where the two of them went inside of the store and asked the clerk, at the uh, at at the register, what color is this dress? Because you know, my wife thought. What if Mark the clerk said? What if the clerk said well, like red and yellow? <laughs> oh, then we would have had a major problem. We would have had to get her tested because that would definitely be off the chart. That would be what you call an outlier. <laughs> Nevertheless, she said uh, black and blue, so the wife felt a little ganged up on there. But 
Um, and it's funny. I see it like when you when you showed that to me. I'm I'm like, what's the question? It's it's white and gold. Yeah, clearly white and gold. No man, I see black and blue. So all three uh, dresses you see black and blue. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter in what type of light, whatever they they uh, put it in. I'm seeing uh, black and blue. At no point in time am I seeing gold and white. So uh, you gotta get your eyes have, checked then, because it can't be sure. me that's wrong. Right. Okay. I got you. Well, that's how that's how these debates have been going down, and I was laughing when we came on the air because uh, there was a post on Twitter that said, "Finally, science explains why your dumbass friend thinks that dress is black." <laughs> right. That's so, how it works. Yeah, so listen, well, if anybody the out there give them the number, if anybody out there gives a damn about the dress, they can call us and tell us why. Yeah. Sure. You can be feel free to call in and tell us. What color you think the freaking dress is? The number to call three four seven six three three nine three six five, and I can assure you, uh, that's not going to be the only. We might be getting a call from Howard today. Stern this morning because I think he's the only one who would call a football show to tell you what color the dress is. Hey, well, listen, people across all walks of life were immersed in this debate uh, yesterday about the dress. The only other thing that could take people's minds off of the dress was some llama drama. Apparently you had two llamas loose through the streets. I want to say it was out west somewhere, Arizona. Los- I didn't even have time to get into it. Yeah, that, I heard about I don't know where, but I heard about that too. Well, the rub here is one black llama, one white llama. White llama was captured. Black llama was killed. So, Ouch. you know, and two, two things you've got going on yesterday having nothing to do with anything but um, you know, explaining the way we think right now in this country right now. So uh, the poor black llama had to die. White llama was captured and uh, was uh, met with an attorney before uh, the authorities. <laughs> please, tell, so, please tell me you're making light of it and that no one came up with that uh, explanation. Um, I have not had a chance to check, but all of the little rumors and stuff that I've seen – Apparently, the black llama was indeed killed. And, I believe uh, the that. White, white llama was, was, was uh, captured. No, I meant more, please tell me no one explained it as they killed the llama because he was black. Oh, you listen. <laughs> we live in the United States of America, man. Of course. Of course, the black llama was killed because he was black. He was aggressive. He lunged oh, at gotcha. authorities. <laughs> lunged what, at he was, authorities one, he was one of them there, thug llamas, right? Uh, thug llama. All right, right. Uh, and apparently uh, the llama was the black llama was walking through the streets uh, with his pants sagging and uh, lunged at an officer. And was well, shot. interesting that a llama is going to give me segue into where I want to mm-hmm. go with football here because I've got something that kind of somehow ties together what you just said. I don't that wasn't even planned. Dude, we have uh, another look case. Llamas, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, everything. We have another case though of what I call irresponsible journalism emerging as far as I see it in the in the sports world, and that's what this uh, reported, or if you want to call it, the Des Bryant story that's been rumored now for, Before you Before know, you launch into this, is there something, is there an alternative to irresponsible journalism currently, or what, what, you're saying... No, usually like not, but, you know, when it involves sports, it seems like it gets even more irresponsible than, than real life, because it's almost like, you know, you know every summer I laugh with you in July, I'm a big baseball fan, and Chad's a baseball fan. And that's the trade deadline. For those of you who are not baseball fans, July 31st, the trade deadline. And you go on ESPN, and for two weeks, I think these guys make up trades. I mean, it's like two guys sitting in a Dunkin' Donuts, like Chad and I having a coffee, going, hey, Chad, 
wouldn't it be cool if the Dodgers sent such and such to your team, the Yankees, and Chad says, yeah, you know what, and in return, we send you this, and I go, yeah, but no, we need this, and then at the end, we, we, we're done, and we go report it as a story on ESPN, because that's how that worked. So, you know, this Des Bryant story has taken on a life of its own, um, and I, Mike, what's the Italian guy's name who reports for Pro Football Talk on NBC? Mike uh, Fiore, I want to say, something like that. Yeah. He yeah. started this with, there's going to be a video that comes out that is worse than the Ray Rice video. Now, Ray Rice knocked a woman unconscious in an elevator, so I'm thinking that Des Bryant slit someone's throat. I mean, at this point... There's got to be a homicide involved, yeah. Right, I think. Holy God, right? Mm-hmm. So this thing goes on for a week. You know, we're, they're going to release the video. They've sent still shots. Okay, still shots of a... You know, there's four black males and a woman. So they've got still yeah. shots of, I'm assuming, not much. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, the incident report so far has been released. Mm-hmm. This happened in July of 2011. Mm-hmm. So I'm counting, first of all, we're talking three and a half years ago. Now, again, before anybody goes off on me, I'm not saying you can punch a woman and three and a half years later it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I am saying that in three and a half years, if nothing came out, um First of all, did anything happen? The incident report supposedly has a black male. Now, there's three or four of them at the scene at any one time. Mm-hmm. The quote-unquote dragging a woman from a Mercedes into another car. Dragging, doesn't say by the hair, could be dragging by the arm, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the Mercedes was, was uh, from what I understand, um, uh, owned by Bryant. It was in his name. The other car was an Escalade. I didn't get who owned that. And then finally, Bryant pulled up or showed up with someone else or by himself in a Bentley. Okay. Mm-hmm. The end of the day, there was a police report filed. The police mm-hmm. deemed it not to be a chargeable incident. The woman said she was not injured. It was a, um, a, a you know a verbal altercation. She was not mm-hmm. harmed. And that was the end of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they know so far. That's that's what was reported three and a half years ago. So unless I'm missing something and just being blinded with my blue and silver cowboy glasses. Which could very well happen, yes. It could happen. It's happened before. But I'm having a Mm -hmm. hard time figuring out at this point where this story is. Where's the story? Help me. Um, I'm going to tell you what it is. It is, as I said, February 27th, Mm -hmm. and there are no games. You've got to understand what's going on here, Amol. You have 24-hour sports outlets uh, that need stories, that need to have content, and you have others that are competing with that with those information outlets that have sports. No, there's something websites. more here. No, no, no. I, I understand that. There's something. Listen, this is going to piss some people off. Let's go back three, four, five years, whatever it is now, okay? We have a guy running around here in western Pennsylvania who's won two Super Bowls for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. He was accused of rape. Mm-hmm. It's happened. People have been wrongly accused of rape. He was accused of rape, though, twice in about an 18-month period. Now, in mm-hmm. my mind, that makes you either a rapist or the most unlucky guy on the face of the planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was supposedly videotape and all this good stuff. Nothing really happened to him. Wasn't you know it was reported as much as they had to report it, but it kind of just went away, and we put them up on posters, and we just assume 
nothing happened to old Big Ben. It just must have been two different girls accusing him of rape. Fine, he wasn't charged with anything. He's innocent. I'll I'll live with the way that's the way the system works. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. This comes out about Des Bryant, and before anybody even knows if it's true, false, what the story is, I'm seeing posts about thugs and social media, and and he's a punk and he's this and he's that. Now you know, if he was that, I'd be the first one to say, even if he played for my team. He's a punk that's real good at catching footballs. But I've read stories with guys like Jason Witten, who's been NFL Man of the Year, one of the most respected players in the league, who absolutely love the guy. Saves with the hardest worker. He's changed his whole life. But all of a sudden, we get a story out there. Nobody knows if it's true, but he's a thug. See, to me, I see something here that's a lot different. That's just tell us what you see. And I'm going to tell you, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great that we can do He looks this. like an angry black guy when, when he's on the field, Why? and he gets, he, and he gets yeah. emotional, and, and yeah. you know, he, he goes off on the sidelines no different than Michael Irvin, and I heard the same yeah. thing about Michael Irvin when he played. Right, exactly. And that's what happens. So what? There's so no angry white guys on the sidelines? Who are they? Well, I mean, they don't tend to show them, but I'm sure they're there. Just they happen to be linemen that have their helmet on. It's not there. Perception is reality. Uh, I go through this all the time, and guys want to quickly jump on, you know, the the race side of it. But you have to examine your own behavior and understand what the consequences are of that behavior. If you're out there being demonstrative, if you're out there acting um, with this great anger and emotion, you are going to be perceived in a certain kind of way because there is a perception there coming in anyway when you're black. That's just something we're, we've been well, dealing with okay, for a couple, wait, stop, for a couple stop, hundred years. Then you years. can go on, but I want to throw it up. Roger Clemens used to stand on the mound and, and cuss guys out. He, the man picked up a bat once, presumably when he was when he was hitting his roids or whatever the hell he was doing, and mm-hmm. threw it at a guy in the World Series. Now, mm-hmm. we've heard the term a-hole used about him. We've heard the yep, term yep. We've heard the term fighter. Uh, uh, you know, country strong, and the people who don't like him, like I said, they'll say a-hole, but I've never heard them say he was a thug. I never heard them say, hey, Ro-, you know, Roger Clem is a thug, man. He picked up a bat and threw it at a guy. Well, we're talking about the use of that word. I think that's what we're playing on right here. I will say this. Look at the contrast and comparison here. Roger Clemens uh, had the steroids issue come up, vilified. Mm-hmm. Public was against him. Andy Pettit, a mild-mannered guy who hasn't thrown a bat, a cracked bat at anyone, hasn't been demonstrative, any of that, admits to, admits to steroid use. No one comes down on him like a ton of Human bread. growth hormone, Why? right. He, matter of fact, he's yeah. having his number he, retired he, by the Yankees this year. He's a likable guy. He's a likable True. figure. Both of these guys are white. It's just how they yeah, conduct I, I guess. Yeah, I see your point. I mean, I, I think part of it is that. You're right. It's it's the way you, the persona you you. Mm-hmm. You, you give you off. Create. I think part I mean, of it is he plays for the Cowboys. Thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Sometimes it's a great thing for you. It works for you in the sport. It promotes you as a player. It brings you some kind of notoriety. You do have to be good as well. Which Roger Clemens was a good baseball player, a pitcher. Uh, Des Bryant's a good football player. So that has to be part of the equation. Um, so it brings you some notoriety. But then when things go against you, now it's. Uh, you know, an albatross. You know, it's something you, hanging around your neck. Your, gonna, your points are all yeah. valid, and and I and I think part of it too with Brian is that he does play for the Cowboys. I think there is just a built-in 
oh, I don't know about that. If he's doing that for the Redskins, it's a problem. You know what I mean? Just has it to is, be a but I don't think it franchise. gets as much national attention. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure people as much. It's kind of like when something happens in baseball. Maybe not. If it, ha- Maybe not. If it happens with the, the Yankee, it happens he to be. Listen, A-Rod's story is a lot more interesting because he plays for the Yankees. If A-Rod was, was toiling at third base for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, I'm not sure as many of us would really care much about A-Rod. Perhaps you're right. We have uh, time for a quick quick phone call, then we'll head to a break. Caller, you're on the Great Iron Stud Show. Yes, hi. I just heard the comments about Des Bryant and perception mm-hmm. is reality um, and all that nonsense. Uh, Tom Brady screams on the, on the sidelines. We've seen it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. never been called a thug. Buddy Ryan punched another coach. He was not called a thug. We've seen Jeff George not called a thug. We've seen this over and over and over and over. That that's a race problem, man. Uh, I would agree. Down. It is to a certain degree. I, and I did say coming into the situation, you have a perception about black people in general. It's something we've been dealing with for years and years and years. I'm just saying the way that it's handled. We're talking about just this one use of the word thug. I'm talking about the way that you're handled by the media, whether it's you use the word thug or for a white person, it's a hole. Um, how you behave on the field sometimes will, or a lot of times will lead to how people treat you when there's an offense. But, Chad, I think the caller's got a valid. That's a great point, Tom Brady. That didn't even come to my mind. Tom Brady's on that sideline. I mean, he's going off in games. And Dan Marino used to be the same way. I mean, Marino yeah, beat, yeah, exactly. grabbing guys by face masks when they got back to the huddle if they mm-hmm. ran the wrong route. And we never heard really a negative term used other than, you know, oh, man, are they competitors? Wow, what competitors? And, and caller, thanks thanks for calling, but and we'll continue to discuss this. Yes, I understand, what, but what we're talking about is the use of that word. And what I'm saying to you is this. For what's the difference – What's the difference between a-hole and thug? Is there a di- is one worse than Yeah, an, a- an a-hole is someone you don't like. I mean, a thug, a thug automatically – Well, a thug, you don't like a thug, but a thug automatically brings the connotation of a criminal. I mean, in other words, thug is code word for you're, you're a criminal. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. I mean, you know, I hear people say – you know, when they try to explain they don't like the NBA, okay, like, I don't like the NBA, not because of any reason other than I'm not a huge basketball fan. I mean, I watch it at the end of the year, but you know that. We've talked on the show for years. Football, baseball, that's my thing, okay? But I've heard people try to explain it. It's just a bunch of thugs. That's all. There's just a bunch of thugs. What's that? Well, well, first of all, 90%. So in your, so in your opinion, thug worse than a-hole? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um I mean, in we all opinion, have the ability at certain points in our life to be a-holes, <laughs> depending on we what can we're... Be, we can all be thugs, too, now. Look, this, here's the general perception of white guy. Uh, button-down shirt and dockers and can get a little um, can get a little wired up sometimes, will get angry. Um, if he's committing a crime, he's going to steal millions and millions of dollars from you. That's going to be his crime. Perception of black guy, sagging pants. Um, a gold chain around his neck with a Christ medallion on it and some oversized shirt, and if he's going to commit a crime, it's going to be something violent where he sticks a gun in your face and takes $120 off of you. White guy steals millions of dollars in a Ponzi scheme. Black guy steals $120 with a gun pointed in your face. Um, Both are crimes, right? Yeah. One worse than the other? Well, in reality, I mean – 
the violence. One worse than the other. Let's assume, well, no, neither is worse, but let's assume no violence is committed. Actually, the white guy's crime is worse because he probably ruined people's lives. The other guy can live the 120 bucks that's not stolen, assuming no one's hurt in the robbery. Um, mm-hmm. So I w- actually, I would say the white guy's crime is worse if nobody's hurt. Yeah, you physically. know, this is a very interesting topic. We really need to dig into this. Just, uh, you know, just this week, we had uh, a prominent jewelry store owner, chain of story, uh, jewelry store owners, commit suicide down here in Miami. Well-known jewelry uh, jewelry store owner. Is there a as markdown a on the stuff? Because I'll be down. As a, no, no. <laughs> as a result of more than likely being a part of a big Ponzi scheme that was here. He was implicated in it. He had something to do with it and committed suicide. There was a death involved as a result. Not immediately, but the long-term result was a death. Sure. That is as a result of a Ponzi scheme in which millions of dollars were stolen. You can have a stick-up by, quote-unquote, black guy, sticks a gun in the face, maybe pulls a trigger, someone is killed. In both instances, there is a death. In both instances, right. money is stolen, which is worse. We might need to discuss that when we come back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Um, anytime yeah, 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 yeah. we got to call us the Illuminati. 
Whenever you see the G, it represents God in geometry. That's what it stands for. I'm going to take We're back here, 1023, on a Friday, February 27th, Red Iron Stud Show. Um, falling in falling in line with what I'm saying, it is February 27th. Uh, we're not at the height of any kind of a football season. So <clears throat> we have discussions on here that may not have anything to do with that. We do plan on talking some NFL and college football here today. But I do believe, Amo, we have a very interesting discussion going on here. Uh, well, well you know, let's, let's go back to where when you started again. But just, you know, it does it does, in my mind, involve football, just so people mm-hmm. tuning in might say, the hell are these two guys talking about? You know, it started off with the Des Bryant story and what's going on, and then you can you pick it up from there. But just so anybody who's tuning in wondering why two guys on a football show are talking about what we're going to talk about, it started with the Des Bryant story. Exactly. Well, <clears throat> here's what um, – here's my thoughts on it. Uh when you have, when you're talking white player, black player, when the black player acts up and is demonstrative and, you know, um, shows in a, a lot of emotion, angry emotion on the playing field, and we're talking football here, he can be, you will hear him called a thug. When white guy does it, he's called a hole. If you ask me, in my opinion, when all is said and done, it's almost the same thing to me because when there is an issue off the field, the public sentiment is going to go against you one way or the other. I understand that there may be a little bit more of a sting um, with the word thug because it suggests you should be in jail. I, I, you know, I'm sensitive to that, but at the end of the day, the way the public handles you um, is going to be pretty much the same. They're going to be against you. That's how I'm looking at it. Um, I will also say this, though. Um, when you bring up Ben Roethlisberger, that's a little bit of a, a of a curve there because as a result of not being viewed as a thug, he may have been able to avoid a courtroom and possible jail time where – Mm, yes, but, but he was like not. A, like a, let like me take Michael you back Vick. a step. He was not viewed a thug, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's white. I mean, being honest with you, uh, if he looked like Michael Vick or Jamarcus Russell and did the same thing, that would have been a harder situation for him to wiggle out of. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But at the end of the day, I'm saying this: if if you're viewed an a-hole or you're viewed a thug, same thing to me. And so that led us into this next thing. You know, uh, when, there's a, when you think of black crime, you're thinking of a gun stuck in your face and holding you up for whatever's in your pockets. On average, let's say that's $120, okay? Right. Um, when you view white crime, it's identity theft or, you know, Ponzi scheme, as I said before we went. What's worse? Ponzi scheme where... Millions upon millions of dollars are stolen. Sometimes it's uh, a senior's life savings. And, you know, it could lead to the death of people involved or, you know, a horrible life uh, for the next 20 years for someone who lost their entire life savings or the uh, individual who lost $120 on an evening and had to go home with their pockets dry. Well, 
I think what's most, worse? Well, Miss, you know, I, I guess it's a criticism, but more so just I'm calling people to think a little bit more. I think humans like to compartmentalize things. We like to make put things in boxes. It's easier to, um, to deal with something, you know, whatever, conservative, progressive, Democrat, Republican. I mean, it's just that's the way we do things when people are more complex than that. You could be conservative on some issues and, you know, very liberal on others. I mean, that's just, that's how, you know, people are complex. That mm-hmm. said, they see a crime like a stick-up. And if let's assume there is a, an injury or a death. It's right mm-hmm. there in front of them. It's very mm-hmm. easy to understand. It's immediate. They pick up, mm-hmm. It's immediate. They pick up the morning paper, no problem. You take Bernie Madoff. If we trace through the people he he robbed, I guarantee mm-hmm. you that there were deaths. Matter of fact, I know there was one. His son killed himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was definitely there one. There almost always death. is in these in these cases. Amy. Almost always. You know, if someone woke up, they were worth ten million dollars, which in his world wasn't a lot of money. The people he was rolling with. You know, some some guy built a business. You know, not you know not some ne'er do well. A guy you know worked his whole life. Had ten million dollars, sold his business, and invested it with Bernie Madoff, and lost that money. May have killed himself. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a homicide. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he was probably yep. killing himself if he didn't wake up one day and realize that that statement he was getting from Bernie Madoff was made on a computer and meant nothing. Yes, a desk jet statement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so a death, a death was involved. So, but I, you know, in in the public eyes, is that. Is that less of a crime because it it happened down the road? No, we make SNL jokes about Bernie Madoff. He's you know in in, in the public view. Jokes he's some... are made. No one's going to joke about a gun, uh, a, right. a convenience store robbery where you know the owner is shot through the head. Maybe only right. sixty dollars was taken, but he was shot in the head. As opposed to Ponzi scheme involved guy who shoots his own self in the head or leaps out of a tall building window. Death on both sides. More money taken on one side than the other. But we are perceiving the violent, quote unquote, violent crime, where there was only one death, as you know, which same as the Ponzi. We're viewing that as the worst thing. Is why right, is you'll that? turn on Comedy Central and you'll see a guy with an ascot wrapped around his neck, and they'll be making a joke about a Bernie Madoff type Ponzi scheme, even though it, in the end ruined lives and involved death. And I'm not even being a, a, a tight ass here. It may be funny. I'm not saying I wouldn't mm. laugh. Mm. What I'm trying to mm. say is. In the end, it involved a lot of harms. And as you said, you're never turning on Comedy Central and seeing a joke being made about a guy shooting someone in a stick-up. Exactly. And so um, therein lies the problem. I say this as a bottom line, and especially for any young listeners that we may have here. Um, in your life, to a, to a great degree, you control the narrative. So if you carry yourself in a certain way, you don't ever have to worry about those stereotypes falling down on you. No one ever called Reggie White a thug. That never came out of your mouth about Reggie White. Never a thug. Aeneas Williams, never a thug. There's a reason for that. They well, carry, that's, your, they listen, that's great advice, story. and I agree with you. I mean, generally speaking, I think that's wonderful advice for anyone. That said, you know, and again, I don't play this unless I see it I call things the way I see it. I'm not someone running around. I think most things are not race-related, as as a lot of our country seems to think mm-hmm. they are these days. But to maintain that image, I think, is much harder 
for a black athlete. As our first caller said today, you know, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, great competitor. Man, that Tom Brady, I'll tell you, boy, is he fired up yelling at those guys on the sidelines. That's why he's got those four Super Bowl rings. That's why he's been there six times. That Tom Brady is great. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant, firing guys up on the sidelines. He is an absolute punk. What a thug. He wants the football. That son of a bitch. Okay, Selfish. hold on. Let's let's stop. Let's stop. Let's compare. That's a little bit of apples to oranges. Let's compare quarterbacks to quarterbacks. And let's not compare a quarterback to a wide receiver. You know, if if Wes Welker decides he wants to, you know, run up and down the sidelines going nuts, what do you think the perception would be? I think it's a little bit different for quarterbacks and receivers. Would you agree or not agree on that? Yes, but every team is is different. I mean, the Ravens in their run, their emotional leader was Ray Lewis. Not every team has the emotional leader be the quarterback. In the case of the Patriots, it happens to be Brady. He's the the heartbeat. For most teams, this is the case. Well, but but sometimes you get on you. Listen, Troy Aikman's a Hall of Fame player, but Troy Aikman was a typical, you know, he looked like a cowboy. He was standing there with his hat. He was a very reserved guy. Was now, he not from Texas? Well, no, no. Oklahoma. Well, he, Somewhere. He, yeah, right. well, Oklahoma, right. But I mean, Let he me was, just ask you this question, Emil. If today or tomorrow uh, Russell Wilson throws a pass that gets picked off and, uh, you know, a receiver ran the wrong route and he decides to lay into him on the sidelines, is he getting called a thug? Can, can I say something as a white guy without getting you answer trouble? that question, sure. Yeah, I'm going to answer the question for you, but I have to answer it with this that might might actually tick some people off, but it's but it's truth. To, to your average white person, mm-hmm. Russell bad. Wilson doesn't look the part of an angry black guy, if that makes any sense. Well, and why is that? Truthfully? Because he's he's not he doesn't have that the black the blackest of features. I mean, it's like saying Tiger Woods is gonna have a hard time looking like an angry black guy. I mean, it's just that's listen. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm being straight with you. I mean, yeah, no, can, and that's all I want. I, I'm yeah, straight. I mean, what's needed here? Yeah, I mean, if we you want me to be straight with you, he doesn't look. Do Des, listen, in my example, Des Bryant looks like what your average person pictures a black athlete looking like. Okay. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't a, a football player, he could be a prize fighter. I mean, he's big, he's strong. You know, he, he, and I'm not saying I mean, it's not a knock on Russell Wilson. I'm sure he's a strong guy too. All I'm saying is that's the perception. Can we give Russell Wilson some credit for being what Russell Wilson is? How he carries himself? Can we give him Absolutely. some credit on that? No doubt. But I, I need you to pick somebody. And the problem right now is I'm trying. You know, I'm drawing blanks. You're trying right to now. find that quarterback. Well, first of all, we don't have a multi-championship quarterback, which would be nice for this example, so we can yes. compare him to Brady. That would be great. We don't have that, um, and that's a whole other show. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, you like, even, even Cam, you know, look at Cam Newton, right? Cam, Cam Newton, even though he's a big guy, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's a little, he is a little lighter-skinned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just, I, so now I, I a, think... So I'm what stumbling over myself, in, which is rare, but I think, I think you get no, where I'm I, going. I get. I Listen, I want you to man, mash this thing head on. I think we hesitate and we dance too much around it. You have to speak openly about how race perceives things and be as honest as possible about it so that it can be addressed. 
and and, and then it doesn't come out. And yeah, I think we do this in society here. We we dance around things. We kind of back burner them. We don't want to deal with them. And then you know when they come out when there is a cop involved shooting. And then there's a riot. Then all of these, listen. You, you know, and I know each other a long time. Now I can show you, like my old driver's license that I have in a drawer from when I was 20, and I was working on a road crew in college. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm Italian American. Okay, I get mm-hmm. so dark in the summer that I'm telling mm-hmm. you that if I if I did that again, if, I don't do it anymore. Cause I don't stay out in the sun like that. It's bad for you. But if I did, mm-hmm. you and I'd be pretty close <laughs> walking down the street. Yeah, no, I I get it. Okay, I get it. So, you know, there's there's a certain, you know, if if I see a black guy walking at me, white guys, and, and he looks like a Raiders jersey, you know, he's darker, th- there is that perception, okay? So I think that that's part of the problem, what's going on. It's very hard for me to draw. The, the closest I came was Michael Vick because for for white people, he had that, that, that edge to him. And that he look, did. and if you if you hear what was said about him, now he did commit a crime. Granted, with yes. with the dogs, he helped. He helped with the he perception. Helped, he yeah. helped the perception, no doubt about it. But you know, I know mm-hmm. something. Even before that, with the baseball caps and everything, you would get the mm-hmm. comments. Oh, he's mm-hmm. a dog. You know, Mike Michael Vick's a dog. Yeah, and my whole thing with this is, um, you know, perception's reality. You you can't walk into a Wall Street office with. Uh, a face tat or a neck tat or a mohawk, and expect to get hired for the job, man. I mean, no, that's you can't. Just how life and that works. doesn't that they're, doesn't matter. White, white, gonna, black, purple. They're, they're not hiring. They're going to judge you on appearance. Yeah, yep. They're going to judge you on appearance, and that means something. All right, this is something we probably. It's such a great discussion. We could probably do a whole hour on it, but we do need to appease those who came here for sports. So we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NFL here. The combine just went on. I don't know if you knew that. I think you're in some kind of a bunker. We had a combine. Uh, some of the highlights from the combine. I thought, you know, you know how I'd see, I go to these places where, you know, we stop into, you know, the chains, they're kind of like mm-hmm. restaurant sports bars. Like up here we have, I don't know if they're down there, like a smoky bone. They have TVs everywhere and you know, it's like uh, barbecue stuff. So you go in, and you know, I'd see these bank of TVs with what I call the underwear Olympics. I see guys in shorts and tank tops and flexing, right. and <laughs> thinking of myself. And we have this and discussion I, every year about this. Yeah, How Rich Eisen's running a forty. I saw Rich Eisen do a six-one forty-yard dash, which isn't bad for a fifty-five-year-old guy who did it in sneakers, and the rest of it was his suit. I mean, that's not that bad. Especially, well, I don't know when you. When you realize Roger Goodell ran a five-five, and I think he's older than Rich Eisen, but anyway, um, we have this discussion every year about about this. And um, Jameis Winston threw at the combine. Marcus Mariota threw at the combine. What does that mean for us? They threw spirals. They were uh, accurate. They, that was shown over the course of the last two or three seasons to be true. Um, did any of the defensive ends working out rush Winston's backside when he was throwing those routes? It might affect the spiral or the location. So I don't know how much we get out of that stuff. And I just really, really think, Amal, I don't know if you agree with this, I think the NFL combine should be for the small school guys, should be for the guys who were at some of the big programs that didn't necessarily, they were backups. Oh, yeah, let's oh yeah, let's started. test you to see how you measure because we don't have enough tape. I I kind of agree with that because my my whole thing with with all this stuff is take speed. Okay, they love to test speed. We, we know obvi- the, the first answer is how many times you know the first obvious observation is 
how many times you run 40 yards straight down a field with your head down. Not very often. But even at that, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of uh, scouts say this. The clock speed and, and, and actual playing speed are completely different. Like, there's guys that will run a 4-4-40, but they don't play 4-4. They play 4-8. I've, I've heard mm-hmm. many scouts say this. And there's other guys that play, you know, run four sevens and four eights, but play four four. I'll give you an example of a kid who came out that I follow because it's my team, but you could give him from other teams. Last year, the uh, fourth round, the Cowboys grabbed that linebacker from Iowa Hitchens, and he was a tackling machine, really good player at Iowa. Um, showed some position flex, and people said, "Ah, oh, you know, it's a little too high." We had him in the fifth and sixth round. He only ran like four seven five or whatever it was. Guy had a great rookie season. He played all over that defense, played mm-hmm. multiple positions, and probably will find himself starting next season. Um, yeah. Didn't you know? If you go by his his tape, you know he was a player. But but you know what? Too many teams. Oh, he ran four seven five. Doesn't mean he plays four seven five. He's not well, running here, forty I yards. To this. I, I flip to this now. Um, maybe it's just the media that does that. Let's start giving the NFL teams some credit. Perhaps they go to this combine thing. They sit there. They watch it. Some guys uh, like Reggie McKenzie from the Raiders fall asleep while they're there. Uh, Maybe it's not that important to them, and it's the media that makes it so. Uh, Maybe they do put a little bit more um, emphasis on the film than we as the fans realize that they do. And this whole combine thing has become a media event because now we've got ESPN there. We've got the NFL uh, network there, and we have millions of blogs reporting on it. And maybe it's just a media thing now. The NFL teams aren't paying as much attention. Well, I think think you're on to something. I remember your couple of, you know, whatever it is now, three, four years, it's been a while. But when you you asked me about doing the show with you, um, and and, uh, I started thinking to myself, oh, man, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I know enough. I mean, I know a lot about sports, but to do that, and mm-hmm. I, you know, but the more you pay attention, you realize that a lot of these guys that are in the media mm-hmm. don't really know very much about the sports they talk about. I mean, really know. I mean, mm-hmm. they know kind of what they're. It's almost like but do they're they, forced. Do they need to now, Emil? They don't because all of these sports are trying to appeal to the non-traditional fan base. They have realized somewhere, some people, I guess, smarter than you and I, realize that the hardcore fans are going to tune in no matter what. Um, you could have any person on there talking about it. At the end of the day, do you watch the pregame shows? No. You're a football purist. I'm a football purist. I'm not really interested in the pregame shows. I want it, I, Give me the kickoff, and then I'm done when the game's over. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been that you know way I mean? for years now because I felt like I was getting nothing, nothing out of the pregame shows, and even the people that I respect as knowing more than me, we're being force-fed lines and stories, so I felt like I don't need to see that because there's nothing for me to see. So, yeah, you might have a point there, but I think a lot as, of this as stuff... As a fan, you know what my motto is, and I suspect it's yours, and it's come, it comes from someone who plays the game? When it comes to this football stuff, I'm about that action, boss. I just want to see the game. I don't want to yeah, see anyone all... talking about it. I think the media shows are geared towards the Bravo Channel people, which is what I call the people who aren't football traditionalists. And so then it doesn't really matter that you don't know everything about the sport. You just need no, to be able to No, I mean, they're telling people. me, like, about in this combine. I, yeah, I'm trying to follow as best I can on the web, on the ESPN site for USC, you know, like what their guys are doing. Oh, and, you know, Nelson Aguilar did 
uh, 14 bench presses with two or whatever it was. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, Nelson Aguilar's got two or three years of film in there, torch and pack 12 defensive backs. Turn it on if you want to yeah. see if the guy can play football. <laughs> I think the combine is one of the greatest things um, ever for the media. It allows you, if you're the NFL network, to promo something have, and do the event and then talk about it for weeks after it um, to to keep to keep your eyeballs there to sell advertising. It's a great thing. I think this is a media event, and I don't think the NFL teams pay as much attention to it as uh, we. Well, will, let me give as, you my thought. Let's take Jim uh, Winston. Okay, if I'm an NFL guy right now, a scout, I really don't give a crap about seeing him throw. I, I have film of that. Here's what I'm interested in with him, and I don't need a combine to do this. I'm interested in sitting in a room with him for an hour three feet away from him and having a conversation and picking his brain and see just where this guy's head is at. Because I'm going to invest a huge amount of money in a, in a top two pick, one or two pick mm-hmm. in this guy. If I'm wrong, he's setting my franchise back five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's what I'm interested in figuring out with him. I'm not interested in watching him throw footballs in shorts because it's not going to help me. I've got film to see that the guy can throw a friggin' football. Well, realize this, though. You're going to watch the game film. You may even go on YouTube and watch a guy. That's how much of a fan you are. I'm going to do that. I've watched a whole ton of games. The A&E channel, Bravo channel guy, just needs to come in for one or two days and watch this guy run in shorts and be able to say, okay, well, I know what this guy's going to do. They're not going to watch film. They're not going to watch all these games. So the greatest thing in the world for those people and the greatest thing in the world for the networks that are serving those people is let's put these guys in shorts and a shirt for a day or two or three, and you guys can come in, you know, drag yourself away from the reality shows, watch this, and now you're all up to date on football. And they don't even know what they're watching. That's, I mean, no offense to some of the people. I mean, not that not, – listen, I, I don't well, even Well, I say offense my, to them. They don't know what in the hell they're watching. And I, no, they, I mean, I don't put myself it. in the class of you <laughs> watching film. I mean, you're, you, know, you coached and played at a high level. But, I mean, if mm-hmm. I'm watching a guy play quarterback, I can watch it and understand that, hey, this guy only throws well when he's going to his first read. Um, you know, if he has to come off his first read, he's not accurate. I can at least pick that up. Most fans don't even know what they're watching. You know, so they'll say they'll sit there and watch a guy. He may play at a school where basically his first option's open most of the time because he's playing in games with better players. And, and you know, sometimes you need to take a look at stuff like that. You know, what happens when this guy has to get off his first target? Most people don't understand that. I mean, they really yeah. don't. So, yeah, and then that's where studio shows come in, and you have all kind of people. Uh, coming in and entertaining you. We're going to head to a break, but before we do that, let's take a caller. Caller, you're on the hey Good Stud Show. What's going on, boys? Hey, so here's Jameson Winston. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, I have a, I'm going to do a YouTube a little YouTube video. We're going to talk about uh, me and my buddy at Google Hangout, and we're going to talk about James Winston. But here's Jameson Winston. Obviously, he is. I mean, he's got the talent. We know that. The combine mm-hmm. is, is is the NFL Olympics, as I call it. That's all it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's with between the ears. When you get the hockey puck on or the baseball, it's 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 it puts the system in 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 the in the person. With Jamison, I would like you said, I'd bring him in a room. I would play the video of him seeing those crab legs and go, walk me through this, walk me through this video. What were you mm-hmm. thinking here? I would I'd say, okay, I Jameson. think that's great. I think yeah, that's I would, awesome right there. 
I, yeah. I would you say like, watch we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to watch you. We're not going to watch you against NC State. Let's yeah. watch you going in, taking those crab legs, and walking out. Talk to me about what was going on there. That's yeah. What was going on in your head? What What made you think yeah. that this was a good idea? Tell me. Thank you. That's yeah. what I do because it's all about self control. I mean, I mean, I get money. I, I'm lucky. I, I'm lucky. My wife's a lawyer. I make good money. I get it. But it's about self control. I, I, I've never been arrested. I've had cuffs on me because my wife put them on me for fun, or I get arrested for. A, I get arrested for. A, I get. I get arrested for charities. There's, there's for charity. information we needed on today. Yeah, I understand. Man. The whole point is. The whole point. I've been arrested for charities. The charity will arrest you and they put you in jail and you call for your bail. I've done that before for the Cancer mm-hmm. Society and helping pause. But mm-hmm. I, I, my dad always told me when I was a young little crap little boy, all of us kids, you make good choices. You will live in good places. You make bad choices. Don't ever call me from jail because I'm going to come and get you. And this is a very short career in the National Felony League, as I call it. They're, you know, the coach of the guards, the, uh, the owners are the, are the wardens, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it, it, I, I, like, I like the hockey. I like the, I'm a big Dallas Cowgirl fan. I cheer for the laundry basket of my Cowgirls. Mm-hmm. I don't wear names the back of jerseys. Uh, but mm-hmm. I understand there's other teams that represent it. But with Jameson, I would say also bring out that art. He, he caused $4,000 worth of damage with the BB guns. Have him read that mm-hmm. out. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, and, these are yeah, all, listen, I would agree. that's the big for, concern. You hit the nail on the head with him. That's the big concern mm-hmm. there. I mean, everybody knows this guy physically can play football. I mean, you watch a guy, you know, you have, you have the film there. You see what he did. The the guy can play football. The question is, what's going to happen when we hand this guy $20 million? Do we think he can handle it? Do we think he's going to continue to prepare and play hard? Or is he really going to go off the deep end? And he wouldn't be the first, and he won't be the last if it happens. So Yeah, and and again, I think if you if you want to watch film with Jameis Winston, that's the I think that's the film you pop in. That's the film you pop in. And let's talk about this, because I've watched you for the last two years do a really great things on the football field, so I don't need to go through that stuff with you necessarily. At some point, we will need to. By the way, when he was on the whiteboard with uh, Mariucci, Mariucci he, he did look very, very good. He knew what he was talking about. I like that part of his game. But I do need to know, man, if we give you $20 million, are you going to make – uh, crab leg type decisions. Are you going to stand up in the student union and do that kind of stuff and not really care because you got 20 million reasons? And listen, more money care. doesn't mean that, you know, just because you have more money, the, the, the decisions you make oh, it'll become make worse. It'll make bigger or whatever you are. Yes, they become that worse. Quote by Deion Sanders. Uh, and I think he said this when he was with the Cowboys. Um, whatever you are, money's going to make you a bigger one of those. And it was yes. funny that he was saying that now that he was a Cowboy because I think he was probably living that. All right, we need to take a break. When we get back, college football talk, and we're going to wrap up this Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. The 7-on-7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. 
The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at tshirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. We're back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino, 1052. A.M. Amo, I just found this interesting tidbit off of uh, Facebook where I get all of my news. Uh, Reveal (laughs) top 15 names of crazy women. Are you ready? Go ahead. Number 15, Heather. Number 14, Andrea. 13, Lindsay. 12, Elizabeth. Oh, wait. Lindsay's on the crazy name list? I have a cousin named Lindsay. She will be thrilled uh, if she's listening. Yeah, I mean, but it does sound kind of like a crazy name. It does a little bit. Go ahead. 11 is Tiffany. 10 is Stephanie. 9, Victoria. 8, Kelly. 7, Christina. 6, Mary. I mean, you got a lot of people when you say Mary. Uh, There's five. something about Mary. There's something about her, man. <laughs> 5 is Rebecca. 4 is Allison. 3, <laughs> Melissa. Two, Shannon. And number one, Ashley is your craziest That's my daughter's, my one daughter's middle name is Ashley. (laughs) Well, thank God it's not the first. The fortunate thing here for us here is there's no Denise and there's no Carmen, so uh, we'd be pleased to know that uh, we did not marry crazy Is that good or does that mean the list is wrong? I'm thinking we, you know, there could be, you know, additions. (laughs) Hopefully they're not listening. Oh, well, it'd be, you know, if they come home, look at it this way. They come home and they're pissed off. It's a good thing because they're actually listening to us, uh, and that's great. If they've got nothing to say, then, you know, perhaps we worry about that. I could see that both ways, but, um, you know. Rationalization. There you go. Yeah, that's that's how you clean that whole thing up. So you know how we have amendments to our Constitution? Uh, we could file for amendments to this list here. And with 15, there's room for five more. Okay, you can't have a, fifth, a top 15. You're either 10 or 20. So uh, I will wait for the latest version of this to be released. All right, we do need to talk some uh, college football. There is There was released um, by ESPN a list of the top college football jobs 
in America. And this is Which we covered, by the way. We covered yes, it we a did. different way last last uh, summer, probably, where we talked about what we, Chad and I called them destination jobs. And we did what we said were the top ten jobs in college football, where if you get there, you really could stay there and there's no place else to go. You're not really going up. So that's what we called it. But basically, they kind of did the same thing in a, in a different way. But, yeah. They did, and for discussion purposes, I'm going to run through the list real quick, and we could talk about what's in that top ten. Uh, ten, Notre Dame. Um, nine, Oklahoma. Eight, Georgia. Seven, Florida State. Six, LSU. Five, Florida. Four, Ohio State. Three, USC. Two, Alabama. Number one is Texas. Um, Surprise for me is Notre Dame being that low. Are you surprised by that? No. Number 10 on the list? No, no, I think they nailed why Notre Dame is that low. There's a few things. And, and no slight on Notre Dame. Great history, great tradition. I have actually believed it, even as a USC fan, no no real dislike for Notre Dame. Um, it's just it's in the middle of nowhere um, in mm. Indiana. So, you know, again, you don't have weather on your side, which isn't always a deterrent, but could be. Um, they, mm-hmm. they tend to make up some really goofy, from what I understand, academic standards there mm-hmm. that, that are not necessarily needed. I mean, they rank about the same class as a USC or UCLA school-wise. They're, you know, mm-hmm. U.S. News top, you know, top 25 school. But mm-hmm. they tend to make it very difficult on the coaching staff. They're just getting their facilities up to date. And, uh, you know, basically, other than that one year with Kelly, they've basically had three decades of not being – you know, tremendously relevant on the national scene. Uh, for mm-hmm. you know, they don't okay. wrong. They, st- they still get players. Yeah, Oklahoma but. at nine uh, probably would not have been the case five uh, to seven to ten years ago. Probably higher up on this list. The makeup of this list, Abel, we've got four teams from the SEC, so you can start people. Well, uh, really pissed I, off I about agree that with now. you, and I don't. And I, you know, you know me. I like I, I like Oklahoma football. I like the tradition there. Um, I, I think with Oklahoma again, it's it's. It's in a little bit of, a, of an odd area of the country, you know, southern Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, facilities and everything compared to some of these other schools it might be nice, but not as nice. Texas is nearby. I think that's some of the reasons that uh, it's a little bit lower, and there's nothing wrong on a list of 100 and some odd schools in Division One being number nine. I'm just saying I think that's probably why it's where it's at. Yeah, um, and, you know, as I said, you, you've got – we've got – Four out of these ten teams are SEC teams. Um, we've got, what do we have, two here from uh, from the Big 12. Um, right, right. But now, you know, number eight is what we would expect. You and I have talked about this on our show. Um, Georgia's kind of a hidden gem. You know, they're number eight. But Athens has always been a, a great college town. Uh, they support the football team tremendously. It's an SEC school, uh, you know, for, for years I've asked, I think you have in different ways. You know, as Mo- I like Mark Rick. I think he's a nice guy and he recruits really well, but you would think he would have done more with with what he's brought to Georgia because if you look hey, at Hey, but having man, said that, Amol, I think part of the reason why Georgia is even on this list in the top ten is the stability at the head coach position. Right. No, I would agree with that. I would say, yeah, I would say, twenty years ago, if you did this list, Georgia would not have been on it. So I have to say that probably Mark Richt is a big reason why you're. Uh, it's a very astute observation why they're on this list because I think if you did this list in say 1990, even I don't think Georgia was one of the top ten jobs then. And I do believe of this list, he is the longest tenured coach. 
correct? I mean, he, oh yeah, and he's he a did, very you, you've heard he, interviews with him. You might before, have even met him. Did he come on before Stoops at Oklahoma? He, uh, he, yeah, I think he has. Stoops has been there since '99 uh, because his first year was after John Blake left. Um, he he got them from like what they were winning three and four games with John Blake. They mm-hmm. went like seven and five, and the next year he won a national championship. And I think that's been part of Stoops' problem is year two he goes thirteen and all wins a national title, and it's all downhill since then as far as fans are concerned. So yeah, for local people down here in Florida, Florida State is number seven, really holding it down for the ACC because this list does stretch beyond the top ten, and the next ACC team is Clemson at sixteen. And your Hurricanes actually were higher than I thought they would be based on what's been going on lately. Um, And who would have thought this 20 years ago? They had Miami at 23. Now, 20 years ago, it was probably, as far as people were concerned on the surface, a top top 10 job. Top 5, right? Top 5, top 10. Um, No doubt about it. There's uh, The big reason why uh, Miami might be higher than you would think uh, has a lot to do with players performing in the National Football League. Right, and tradition. Um, and, you know, people gonna, see that's Miami. That's dwindling with each year, though. Um, the, the, the pride and joy of that 2001 team uh, is getting older and retiring and moving out of the game, and there has to be now some kind of a, an influx or a connect between that 2001 and where we are now or this, this number well, is going to Well, and another thing, Kurt, is what you've highlighted, the lack of, of facilities equal to some of these other teams and the fact that, the, you know, the stadium, you know, the other team that's on this list, uh, at number 17, UCLA, has the same situation as Miami. They have a stadium that's 30 to 60 minutes away from the campus, but the difference is UCLA calls the Rose Bowl home, which is one of the great stadiums, in, in all of football, and, and they Miami, don't share it with they don't share it with a, a pro franchise. Correct. So I think Miami, you know, they could fall further if they don't turn it around. They could find themselves out of the top thirty. But let's keep going on the list because uh, you hit a big one here, Florida State. I mean, Florida State is carrying the ACC torch. Um, and and what this guy says, I kind of agree with everything. You know, the 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 facilities are getting up to date. They've been winning lately. Um, which is great. Um, Tallahassee, not exactly, you know, the capital of the world. <laughs> if you want to, you know, if you want to. Very much a college town, though, and the youngsters will tell you that it's a happening place. I, I don't know how much that factors into them being. Right. Well, where Panama they are City list, is close by, as Guy mentions. Mm-hmm. So you know, you got some yeah. other happening places. Um, close LSU, by, not much discussion there. No big surprise with them. They're steady. Uh, they have facilities. They're, uh, you know, stalwart in the. Man, it's a great college SEC. town. I mean, from all accounts, I mean, you know, they say you know you want to go to a college tailgate, you go to Baton Rouge. Yeah, nice. and a tremendous game day atmosphere. Uh, yeah. I think is what we're seeing there which also is a big deal for number five on the list, which is Florida. Uh, great game day experience. Um, and, you know, probably something that made it a little easier to get. Uh, can I a make a statement about Florida? I think if Florida sure. were winning, mm-hmm. now, not that you can go much higher. You're, you're in the top five. But I mm-hmm. think they'd be even higher if they were winning the last couple of years. Well, I, I, I think I, what you're going to have with, with the last two or three on here is going to be, you know, uh, a jockeying for position based on, you know, what has happened um, from from year to year. And I it's think all Alabama perception. I mean, I've heard yeah. these lists done. I mean, like I said to you earlier, uh, the one guy who played at Georgia a couple of years ago, he's an ESPN analyst, Pollock. Um, mm-hmm. A couple months, a couple weeks ago, I should say, I heard him doing talking about his top job was USC. 
Um, so, I mean, these lists are going to change. Other people like, you know, Texas, other people like Florida. So I, you're right. It's all jockeying. But there's, they're definitely a top five to me. It's an How easy about one Texas, to... though, being the top spot and they've not won a championship? And we're going on we're – going, we're going to hit ten years here since they've uh, – But ten years you know, isn't that long. I mean, when you think about winning championships and how many teams there are in college football um, – They've only let's throw out championships. Forget that. Let's say they haven't really been a good team for three or four years. When I say good, I mean heck, they didn't they have a losing record last year? Um, that's mm-hmm. what's surprising to me. I mean, you know, Ohio State went 34 years between championships, uh, 68 mm-hmm. to 2002, but they were still very good every year. Texas has had some really last couple of years lean years. But here's the thing: there, they've got a ton of money. It's the richest public university in the United States of America. And they have their own friggin' channel. Think about that. True. Their own and, channel. And, uh, you know, one of the richest, fertile recruiting grounds in all of the land, um, you know. So, and everyone grows up in Texas wanting to be a Longhorn, uh, apparently. Yeah, I so, mean, really, if you're outside of the, the, you know, mostly the way I've been there and the way I see Texas working, and if anybody's from Texas wants to call a show and tell me I'm wrong, go ahead. Uh, but, you know, if you're in College Station, Houston area, you may be uh, an A&M fan or if you have a father or mother it's an alumni. Mm-hmm. But by and large, if you're just in Texas and you're not in a town of another university, you're just hanging around somewhere in Texas, usually, like, you're a Longhorn fan. People who aren't even college football fans put Longhorn emblems like those those uh, ones that look like steel that, you, you, that glue onto cars, you know. They put them on the cars. You'll see yeah, cars yeah. just, you know, I mean, it's just. And on That's that Texas. note, though, you've got Texas A&M at number 11. They're actually tied with Oregon. Uh, you know, that's that's the only threat, really, to uh, Texas going yeah. forward. And I think I think strong coming into Texas, as we've talked about on the show, is more of a threat to A&M than anything A&M's got going on right now towards uh, a Texas. That's just... Yeah, and like I said, I've seen these lists on different ways, and you know, different. You know, you and I could do our own list. The list is just that; it's a list. But the the mm-hmm. top five is usually fairly consistent. You know, Ohio State we didn't mention was number four, USC three, Alabama two, and Texas one. And that's usually the jockeying for position among the the top five jobs in the country that I've seen recently. Once in a while, LSU will sneak in there. Um, Alabama at number two is no surprise with what they've been doing and just the history of the program, Tuscaloosa, uh, the whole deal. USC, I mean, brand, the brand recognition for USC was realized this year. I mean, they've had, um, coming off sanctions, three straight losses to UCLA. Um, not some not bad teams. They went 10-4 and four in 2013, 9-4 last year. Nothing really bad about that, but not typical USC. Yet they reel in the number one or two recruiting class in the country, depending on who you're talking to. So, you know, their brand is strong. There you have it, fans and prospects. Um, There you go. All of you guys pile into those top five schools, all right? Everyone (laughs) goes to Texas, Alabama, Florida, uh, you know, let's – Well, wait, clarify. This is not about where recruits you go to school. It was about what job you'd want if you were a coach. Listen, that's what it ends up being. Trust me. If you don't think that story is getting retweeted and pumped to every top recruit in the country – um, you better believe it. I see the flyers getting printed up now at all of the top ten schools, and they're getting that in the envelope, and it's in the air right now. Your postman has that right now, ready to send that to uh, all of the top recruits. That's going to be trumpeted. Trust me, there's no better um, propaganda for a recruit than being in the top five or ten of that list. Believe that. So, ESPN, um, the kings of sports yeah. propaganda. 
There, there it is. So they've put it out there, and uh, quite a few SEC teams in, in their top ten list by this reporter. So let the conspiracy theories begin. Well, uh, the conspiracy theories can begin, but that is the end of our time here on a Friday. Happy to be back on the show um, and getting some things done here. Um, the shows will be you know, kind of sporadic here over the next week or two, but uh, we will crank it back up and uh, be on full tilt. So just Stay up for the uh, updates as we update Great discussion today, media. too. We weaved, in some, uh, we weaved in some of real life and tied it in with sports. Good discussion. We, we did. We did. And right now I am considering whether what I want to go out and do this weekend is uh, a holdup or a Ponzi scheme. I'm trying to figure it out right now which one of these two. Well, you're a thug. You know what you got to do. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm a uh, Dockers-wearing thug. How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All right, I think we've run out our time here. We'd like to thank you all for listening to the show today. We thank you for uh, making this a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. We want you to enjoy your weekend. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Good Unsaid Show. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We got people visiting. We got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.